Friendship. I'm your host, Michelle, and as always, we have our co-host, Jamie, here with some announcements. Hey guys, if you want to support us, you can start with monthly donations on our Patreon. This will allow us to create engaging content more frequently that can be accessed on more platforms. We will post the link in the description below. You can also find it on our website, which is in the link in our bio on Instagram. Secondly, send us a voice message on Anchor. This will allow us to hear what you have to say, and you may be featured on a future episode. I would love to be able to include little clips of you guys sending us messages. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Lastly, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, so our podcast will show up more when people search for us. Get us in the top 100. uh, Make our podcast more... Um, searchable so that people can yeah. find it when they look for us well it'll just be easier to find us we will show up more become more popular leave a review a comment anything really we will take anything from you guys we just love the support whether you're a listener or you are leaving reviews yes anything guys we're desperate for your attention <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay um so (laughs) i'm in a mood today guys so what are we talking about today jamie today episode is on crippling anxiety and motherhood it's been a long time since we've done a mom episode or even a mental health episode like my goodness i feel like and especially with covid going on i feel like we should have done more mental health stuff. Um, I know we kind of just strayed away from like reality and just like went on our own little tidbits. I feel like that's all you can do when you're in quarantine is just go on your own shit. Cause seriously, <laughs> I think we tried to record uh, like mental health update thing and like it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I just don't think we were in a good place at that time that we tried to do it. I don't think we were either. I think that there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on in our lives, which we're going to touch base on a little bit today. Yeah. And um, have some health updates from Jamie, health updates from me, and talk about anxiety and motherhood, which I have a parrot, so... I mean, that counts, (laughs) right? (laughs) Chickenhood? (laughs) You gotta take care of the bird. Oh my god, the bird. Yeah, you do. Which we will post pictures. Hopefully there's already a picture of her up on the Spiritual Friendship page on Instagram, so. I know there's always pictures of my little buttes. I did post a picture of Maro for you guys. I haven't posted a picture of Mason just because I'm not sure if I want to. Right, safety reasons and whatnot, so. Yes. But um, Maro is fine. She's a dog. (laughs) Maro's a dog. She's um a pug, uh, a puggle, so a pug, yeah, yeah, a pug beagle thing. So, if she's yeah. ugly, we're sorry. Jamie's sorry. She's not yeah. mine. Sorry for the ugliness. She's actually not that ugly. Like there, I've definitely met uglier puggles, but she's really cute. She has a personality. I, like I don't like pugs, but like she's grown on me. She's weird. She likes to be dragged in the grass. Yeah. The fuck is that? I think she she just used to be an abuse. She's like just abuse me. <laughs> I don't know, but she had, I I really like the color of her like compared to other puggles, like they're just one color and then they have like an all black face or an all white face and then the rest of their body's like another color. Yeah. She's blend like all over her body and that's what I like the most about her I think we have a doggy too that I haven't really mentioned either Taffy she's a mutt I think she's part poodle but I'll post pictures of her too she is 17 (laughs) yeah she's ancient exactly she was here when the Egyptians arrived like she she... (laughs) she's old as fuck she is I've had her since I was in middle school can you believe that 
I just can't believe that she's still alive. But if you, I've been talking to a lot of people who have smaller dogs, and they actually say that smaller dogs sometimes last longer. They last longer. They live longer. Like expiration dates. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Poor choice of word. They live longer. They don't expire as quickly. Okay. All right. Words. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, do you want to get into the episode now that we've talked about our little babies? Yeah, I guess. Um, (laughs) I do have six key points for today's episode, and those key points that we're going to be discussing are obviously anxiety, being a mom with anxiety. Michelle can touch on this, too, because she technically is a mom. Um, Treatment, support from loved ones, day-to-day life with anxiety, and medication, because me and Michelle both take medication as well. Yeah. So, this is kind of going to be an episode that we both are going to put our input on, and not just me. So, anyways, yes. <laughs> to get started. Um, and sorry if I say I'm a lot. I'm really trying to work on that. <laughs> so, we have covered anxiety and what it is like to be a mom in previous episodes. I think we have Mom 101, and then we do have, um, like, a mental health episode that we did as well. So... I feel like this is an important topic just because it isn't talked about enough, I guess. I feel like it's not. I feel like it's one of those things that's in the corner that nobody really talks about what it's like the day-to-day basis with anxiety. You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah. But I also used to never want to talk about it, especially, like, social media was where I first started talking about it, and it took me a really long time, just because people are so judgmental. Oh my god. (laughs) Especially in 2020, which is really sad, but there's, so many people are just afraid to talk about it. And so many people, like, I'm sorry, but so many people are complete assholes about it. Like, completely. They are, and... I guess a lot of the reason why I was afraid to talk about it is because I not was I, I I mean, I was embarrassed and I was nervous, but I wasn't sure people would really believe me because there's a lot of people that don't believe that others have mental health issues. And it's always the people who either are scared to talk about their own mental mm-hmm. illness. Or they just really don't believe that it's a real thing. Yeah. My dad is one of those people, like, big time. Well, and Nick used to be that way, and it's funny because he will tell me all the time that he has anxiety. Nick used to be really, like, we would have conversations about it all the time, and he just would tell me, I don't understand it, and he would tell me to, like, suck it up and deal with it and do this or do that, and then ever since the past four months you know his his perspectives changed but yeah I think it's just hard for people to come out with it because they're really just scared of the judgment I think so too yeah so that's why I thought it was important that we we really talk about it because especially if you're a mom like you're already struggling enough yeah like life's already I feel like all the cards are already stacked up against you and then you have anxiety and it's like well fuck me yeah I'm like, I feel like I haven't had anxiety until COVID hit. And, like, my anxiety has just increased, like, ridiculously. I think I think that's just, like, everybody right now. Yeah. I agree. So, up until this year, well, I would say last year, to be honest, my anxiety was, it, it started to get worse and worse around December of 2019, but... Um, before I get too ahead of myself, if you guys haven't listened to our previous episodes on anxiety, I've had this for about 10 years and it has never been this severe. Uh, and I, I never even experienced a panic attack until I was 18. And, and I did talk about my panic attacks in, in a previous episode and like how they happened for me. But if you would like to know more about my history with anxiety, you guys should definitely go listen to the anxiety episode. because It is a good yeah, one. We'll link the episodes in the description below so that you can listen to the, those ones and just know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. So for, for the first bullet point in this episode, which is anxiety, basically I just have really bad anxiety and everyone experiences anxiety differently and everybody has anxiety about different things. Yeah. Uh, my main triggers and I've had to write them down, you know, recently so that I have them. 
is uh, basically anything to do with food. I, I wash things a lot. I worry a lot. Um, I have anxiety around, you know, my, my son and, and just things like that. It, it's hard to name them all off the top of my head. So that's why I, I encourage you guys to go listen to the anxiety episode. Yeah. Um, I think she actually listed like all of them out and yeah. yeah. And, and actually I didn't, I didn't have this written down for this episode, but I do have coping strategies that I use for anxiety and I think they're really important. So I'm going to list them out for you guys just randomly because I'm kind of having anxiety right now. I don't know why, but <laughs> so my coping strategies that I use, especially during COVID and you know, the pandemic and everything, things that I do every day, you guys, every day <laughs> I do mindfulness. I go outside. I don't always take my son to the park, but I did go to the park today. I call Michelle I take a shower, I clean, I take my dog outside, and I work on my puzzle. And these have been my main coping strategies since, Yeah, I would say, the last uh, month or so. I would say, like, the last four months. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I'm, what I'm, I'm going to talk Sorry. That's all I'm going to touch on right now. About anxiety. And we can always next- talk about, like, coping mechanisms in another episode. We might touch on some coping mechanisms in, like, another episode. Because I think those would be good ways to kind of help people, like, in COVID and during this whole pandemic thing. Because I feel like a lot of people have had anxiety. And maybe us doing an episode on, like, different ways you can cope with it would be beneficial. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, also, just, like getting it out there that you have anxiety in the first place is going to be your best like coping yeah. mechanism to start with I didn't you know. know that I had anxiety really um for a while <laughs> I think you pointed it out and I was like oh I a lot of people experience anxiety differently they really do but I have panic disorder too yeah. so Mine is going to look a lot differently than yours because you can take any medication under the sun and do this and that. And it, you like, you don't think about it. I think about everything and that's what makes my anxiety so much different than yours. And everybody experiences anxiety differently. Like Nick, Nick gets saying, are you okay? I just, when I get really anxious, I stutter a lot and I like trip over my words. <laughs> I know, I'm seeing this right now. <laughs> um, Nick gets anxiety, but his is just like, he'll get really like anxious, like jittery, I guess. Fidgety is the best. And kind of yeah. like wanting to move around and not stay in one spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or he'll get really silent and stuff like that. Like, when I get anxiety, I mean, mine's the same way. I'll stutter. I'll have to, like, move around, get up, do things. But I guess I guess it's hard because I have, like, panic and anxiety. So mine is, like, tripled, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the second thing that I'm going to talk about is being a mom with anxiety because this is so hard for me. And... I think it's important to talk about because when you're a mom that like, I I highly doubt there's any moms who don't have anxiety, but for me, it's hard because if Mason is really excited and happy and wants to play and he's just over the moon, like running around, just being a happy, normal three-year-old, it gives me a lot of anxiety because he's like doing all these things and it kind of just overwhelms me, I guess. And I'll, I'll try to like not yell at him and be like, calm down, stop doing this, stop doing that. And I, it sucks. Cause I feel really, really bad afterwards. But at that time, it's so hard for me to just like be calm in that instance, because everything he does makes me anxious. <laughs> oh my goodness. And when like, 
so, you know, obviously, cause I've been trying to do this for a while now is when I try and do projects with him. Yeah. Even my, my old therapist in treatment had me do this too, as an exposure was doing things with him and letting him take over the project and just not trying to perfect it and not worry about the mess and just let him do what he does. Cause he's three. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's hard for me because I have OCD. <laughs> my mom has OCD too. Um, and if I could just like interject for a minute, like my mom having OCD, I feel like was so horrible because we like weren't allowed to have fun and she would always clean up this mess, clean up this mess, clean up. And it's just like, so we're not allowed to have fun. We're not allowed to, you know, make a little bit of a mess, but then clean it up yeah. afterwards. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there was none of that fun. <laughs> and that's, that's one major thing that I'm still constantly trying to work on because my, you know, my OCD is cleaning and messes and it, it, makes me feel really bad when I'm trying to sit there and do things with my son and he's you know being a three-year-old and I'm like fuck you're making a mess I can't handle this mess it's stressing me out when in reality I should just be like let's have fun and then worry about it later so a lot of things that I'm still trying to do are exposures where I just let him do whatever the fuck he wants to do enjoy himself and then you clean up later worry Yes. And that's something I feel like is really important when you're a parent is don't try to let your kids just be kids. Yeah. So it, and it's hard for me. And, and also I, my anxiety will get so bad that I want to like lay in my bed and not go outside and not go do things with Mason because it's a lot of work and I'm going to get really anxious just going out to my car and getting him buckled in in the first place, let alone driving somewhere and then getting out. And like, it's a whole process. It's not just like you can go to the store in 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. So, and that's one thing that's really hard with having anxiety and being a mom too. Like, for instance, the zoo, the Minnesota Zoo Girl, it's opening yes. on the 24th or the 26th, I believe. And you know what's kind of shitty about this? I'm going to go on a little rampage real quick. Remember I told you the Minnesota Zoo is free if you have, like, county assistance, so, like, yeah. WIC or EBT? Well, now that the Minnesota Zoo is actually thinking about closing permanently because they needed money, they are no longer accepting that, and they're making everybody pay. Damn. And they upped the fee. I mean, look, I'm not used to a free zoo at all because we don't have a free zoo here. But when you have something free and then you're going to take it away or make people pay, I could see where people are like, um, really? It was only free for all the broke bitches living on. Okay. Free for the broke bitches. Nick's sister, her family, so all six of them, for them to go, it's over $100. Damn. The fucking price. But you know what? I'm not mad about it because they do need the money. Yeah. And people need trying to be like, eh, it should be free. Like, you can pay. You are a working person just because you live off the county. I mean, you get everything for fucking free, okay? I mean, Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, so, like, for instance, what I was going to say is when I go to the zoo, or, like, even Michelle can attest to this, when we go out and do things, it makes me really, really anxious because he is wanting to do all this stuff, and I'm trying to control it, and I'm trying to, like, yeah. have it be cool and calm and collective, and th- that doesn't happen when you have a three-year-old. No, it doesn't. Yeah, so... It's just really, really, really hard to be a mom and, and live really as I do. If if I just had, like, little moments maybe a couple times a week, I'm sure it would be a breeze. But my anxiety is day in and day out. I wake up, and I'm like, shit, Mason's going to wake up, and I'm working, and I need to make sure he's fed, and then I got to take out the fucking dog, and then I got to make sure the dog's fed, and then when lunchtime comes around, I got to make sure Mason's fed. I got to feed myself. I got to work. You know, it's, like, yeah. constant, nonstop worrying and freaking myself out and 
going a million miles a minute, never stopping. So it's just really hard for me, I guess, because I am not good with my anxiety and like coping. I, I, I have my coping strategies, but that doesn't mean they always make me Zen, I guess. Yeah. That makes so, sense. I mean, you can probably attest to this cause you do have anxiety and you have Kiwi. I mean, I have anxiety about different things. So in March, I think it was like the first week of March, I woke up one day with vertigo and it's lasted for five months now. And so the first two months were the absolute worst. And so now anytime I get vertigo or even feel the slightest bit dizzy, I get extreme anxiety. Like, I mean, it got to the point where I was just like crying constantly every day all the time. And so like having kiwi and then having vertigo and having migraines cuz now the vertigo comes with the migraines too. I'm constantly freaking out like what if I can't take care of kiwi one day because I can't walk because I can't get to the bathroom because I can't do this 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 and this. It's just it's really stressful. There's a lot of anxiety there. And you know, I don't know what to do with that. And being as sick as I am, and now I've been diagnosed with a skin condition as well, you know, it's it's led me into depression as well. I mean, there are days I don't want to get out of bed. There are days I think about suicide constantly. There are days Michelle. I just don't want to do anything. Oh my God, this is turning dark. I'm sorry. Are you okay? I feel like I'm going downhill some days, but some so, days are okay. So as you all can tell, Michelle's been going through a lot with her health, and I did not know that it was that bad. <laughs> now I feel like a terrible friend. <laughs> it's okay, because I've been taking... We'll talk about the medication and the stuff later. Okay. But, like, those are, those are the, the things, you know, when your health starts to deteriorate that quickly, you know, you go from being a super healthy person to this, and then quarantine. Well, right. You know, you can't like one after another, like one week, two week, three week, four week, five week, like things just <laughs> happening every week. It's like, I'm going to the doctor this week. Oh, this happened. I'm going to the doctor next week. Oh, this happened. Like, like you know, I'm seeing like that's five different specialists right now. Yeah. For different and that's things. How- it's exhausting. And it's my God, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But, yeah, that's, like, what I'm going through. But, I, you know, it scares me because, like, even when I do have a kid, like, and severe migraines, it terrified me. Because how am I going to take care of my kid? Well, and, and, like, we've had this discussion before in our migraine episode. When I get a really, really, really bad headache that turns into a migraine with Mason, and if I'm home alone, because it's happened multiple times, I just make the bed up for me and Mason. I put him on one side with his tablet and then I lay on the other side. I turn the TV on, I mute it and I put on some instrumentals and I just lay there and try and sleep. Yeah. Because I mean, it's the best thing you can do. And if he tries to like get up and play with me, I'll just be like, Mason, mommy doesn't feel good. Mommy's sick. And I'll ask him to lay down and watch his tablet and he will, or he'll get up and he'll run around and I'll just sleep. You know, I'll make sure all the dangerous stuff are put are put away, and then I just I take myself a fat nap. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, I do the same thing with Kiwi. I just feel bad because I feel like she doesn't come out of her cage enough, and she doesn't. You know, I trust me. I get it. I feel like a shit mom all the time if I'm like not feeling good and I just want to lay in my bed because I'm not spending time with Mason. But at the same time. You got to take care of yourself yeah. before you can take care of someone else. It's like the half glass half full, half empty. Right. Like you can't take care of your. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your kid. You yeah. can't take if care my of glass, else. I can't pour into anyone else's glass. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just you got to find a good balance. Like when, when I'm having, especially like a, a worse day with my anxiety and panic I I try to at least make sure I get out and do something with Mason even if it's little just like going to the park and letting him ride his tricycle around the parking lot yeah that's that's the better than not doing anything with him at least I'm spending some quality time with him and then we walked to the store and we got ice cream yeah you know and you just have some fun 
yeah, you just got to find a healthy balance, something that you can do with your children, but also just take care of yourself at the same time. Yep. It's the best thing you can do. And, and no one's perfect. I definitely am not, but you know, as long as you're trying, that's all that matters. I feel like that is all that matters. Just try. It is. It is. As long as you're trying and you're not, you're, you're trying more than you're not trying. I think that's what counts. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. The third thing that I wanted to talk about was my treatment. Oh, yes, your treatment. Yes, let's get into that. Oh, this is a shit show. Okay, so my anxiety stuff started getting really bad, would you say, like, right before Christmas or, like, around Halloween of 2019? I don't remember. Jesse likes to tell me it was, like, around Halloween, but... I don't know. I feel I like, feel it, was like it was Christmas. I feel like it was about Christmas, too. Because uh, that's when so, you came to see me, was during that time. Yeah, it was actually, like, right after I came home yeah. from see- So, oh, goodness, I don't even remember that. My memory is getting so bad. So, around 2019, Christmas 2019, my anxiety, and I did not know that I had OCD. Like, I, I kind of had the feeling that I had it, but I wasn't, I didn't know that it was that severe. But for about the December through February, I started to decline with my health and everything with my anxiety. I started to get to a point where I wasn't eating again. I was barely drinking my fluids. I stopped working out. I couldn't drive to work anymore. I couldn't really drive anywhere, to be honest, because my anxiety was so bad. And it got to a point where I kept, I I want to say around the end of February, I started to just cry every day Mm -hmm. and was having lots of panic episodes. And I was, my, my weight was just getting so bad. I mean, I, I don't want to over-dramatize it because a lot of people would say that the weight that I was at is fine, but it really wasn't for me. I, I Girl, average you up. No, it was not fine. Like, you turned sideways. I couldn't find you no more because you were invisible. I average about 140, and I had dropped 30 pounds. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot. But um, I I had started bringing up treatment to Nick and his mom and I was embarrassed to do it at first because I was like I thought maybe they'd judge me or they would be like why are you going to treatment for anxiety like who does that (laughs) um (laughs) so I told them about it and we weren't too sure Nick like at first I thought like Nick told me that he didn't want me to do it it wasn't the right time and you know he wasn't really on board his mom was, but he wasn't. And then this was actually right before COVID hit. Michelle actually came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was actually really bad. It, I was like getting to my worst when Michelle had come to visit me. And she came to visit me in the middle of March. And um, she tried to help me a little bit with like my eating and stuff like that. But obviously it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit of what you did in therapy. A little bit. Yeah. But she left, and then COVID hit, and then Nick got laid off. And I was like, well, this would be the perfect time to do treatment. It it was a partial hospitalization program, and it was five days a week, eight hours a day. And it was just the perfect time because Nick would be home to watch Mason, and I would – wouldn't have to worry about anything. And so I called my boss and I cried very heavily on the phone with her. And we (laughs) talked for a half hour (laughs) and she told me, you know what? I'm would rather have you take care of yourself than continue to get worse. And she's like, if you need it, you need it. So she told me to take FMLA. I applied. And then the next day I began treatment. And if you don't have a good boss, for real, we're going to talk about that in another episode is how work treats people with disabilities and how school treats people with disabilities as well. And how horrible that can be. And Jamie's in a really good situation where her boss is super understanding. She 
is kind of like a second or third mom to me. Like she told me she understood. She felt so bad that I was going through everything that I was going through. And then she told me that she hated seeing me that way. And, but she's known about my anxiety since I started my job and I've been there for almost literally almost two years. And I told her like right away. So she, she knows and she's let me take days off from my panic and my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she was my number one support system before Nick was even there. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So she, I mean, Michelle is top notch. Like she's my top person when I have anxiety. She's, she's the only person that I'll call, but well, she's the first person I'll call. (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I so I've been in treatment since February sorry I've been in treatment since April 2nd no that's when I started I stopped treatment on the 9th so last Thursday (laughs) so April, all of April, all of May, all of June, and then a week in July. So three whole months. Yeah. So basically almost all of this pandemic so far, I was in treatment for my anxiety. And at first I just thought it was anxiety, but I was diagnosed with quite a few things. And the number one being OCD and then social anxiety. I have panic disorder. I have a food intake disorder, which is a form of an eating disorder. I have social anxiety. I have separation anxiety. <laughs> oh my God. I have clinical depression. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like, holy fucking shit. Like I thought I was going in there for some really intense anxiety and then come to find out I'm a fucking shit show you're just like a bag of different things just just a just a basket case you know (laughs) just one of those basket cases you know yeah you know (laughs) that's okay I completely feel you like that's how I feel some days too but but treatment has literally been one of the best things to ever yeah happened I remember you before and then after like before you were you wouldn't eat anything or nothing like that and now like you can eat a plate of food and you can call me and we can talk about like whatever while you're eating and you're like man I wish I could do that at the beginning of treatment and now you do it and now we're talking about you flying up here or down here I I hate the fucking freezer bitch (laughs) I know. I met with my um, my therapist that I was seeing before treatment. Like, I met with her actually two days before I started treatment, and I was like, this is my plan, yada, yada, yada. And I remember telling her that my biggest wish was that I could just fucking eat. Yeah. Because your bitch loves food. <laughs> and I remember a lot of my therapists and my psychiatrists and everything in treatment always kept asking me if I like had an eating disorder like purposely didn't want to eat because I didn't want to lose weight and I was like no I fucking love food <laughs> it may not look like it but I do <laughs> <laughs> I know oh I know so yeah um I just thought that was important to bring up because especially during these times of the pandemic and coronavirus and everything, I feel like there's so many people who are just so afraid to talk about their anxiety and talk about their depression and talk about all these issues that they have. And they're so scared to even think about bringing up treatment, but in all honesty, like it saved my life. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be. And I, and I don't even want to be overly dramatic, but it's, it's true. I kept telling Nick every week, if I lose five more pounds, I don't know what's going to happen. If I lose five more pounds, like, am I going to be in the hospital? If I lose five, and then I kept losing those five pounds every week, like legit. And I was getting to a point where I was like, I don't want to go in the hospital. I don't want to be intubated. I don't want them to force, I don't want to be put on the the feeding tube. Like, I don't want that to happen, but I was scared that it would happen. 
you know? And so treatments really saved my life. Yeah. I know. I remember. I yeah. remember. And one of my biggest when I was in treatment was getting on while well, eating for one, but two was and moving on to the next subject is medication. Yeah. Getting on fucking medication. Yeah. Cause I have a fear of medication. I have a fear of contamination, which is where the medication comes in. And actually having fear of contamination is really popular. There was a couple other gals that I went to treatment with who were, they, they had OCD contamination, OCD. Why do you explain what that is that the water thing too? Contamination OCD is basically being terrified that you're going to get contaminated from anything, whether it be chemicals, which is what I have, food, which is what I have, pills, which is what I have, water. Yeah. So any you're you were scared. I, I don't know if it's true, but you were scared of drinking from the tap. I still don't. <laughs> I I do sometimes. Like if I go to my sister Yolanda's house, she does, and. I get too lazy to go to the store every day and buy bottles of water, so I will drink from the tap, but that's the only fucking time. Right. But, like, that's one of the things. And, and I, I, don't, I feel like before you would not have done that at all. You wouldn't even have thought about it. No, no, no. 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 I do now, but it's only at her house. I would never right. do it for my house. Um, so, yeah. But, like, for instance, I went to the store on Sunday, and I went grocery shopping, and I got an avocado, right? You got an avocado. On the ground. Oh dear. And instead of eating it, I threw it away. Because my thought was, what if there was some kind of drug on the ground that soaked in my avocado and now I'm gonna die? I feel like this is the stuff my dad has too. Because my dad is very scared of contamination and things like that. That's why he's always accusing the family of putting meth in his food. See, and I. That's how I am. If I, and I, I really wish I wanted to throw those avocados away because I, I let my OCD win, but it's, it's such a real fucking fear. Yeah. If, if, and, and some of my little things that I had before treatment are coming back. Like I went downstairs with Mason and I, I took him to the park a little bit ago. I came back. I left my water up here. Nick was up here and I know he didn't do anything, but I still dumped it out. And I wish I wouldn't have because I, now that I'm not, I don't have Katie fucking down my throat every day telling me to do things I don't want to do I know that I don't have to and I'm falling back into just like a few things are coming back because I'm not working on them every day but yeah like I told even my therapist Heather I'm gonna have this my entire life I'm Mm -hmm. gonna have my entire life it's never gonna go away I can work on it and improve it for a little while a few months but once I stop it's gonna come back yeah. I just don't want it to get so severe again that I'm not eating, which I don't think it will because I, I am on my medication. Yeah. And I'm so happy with how far I've come and being able to eat and have energy and be able to work out and be healthy. I just need to constantly, like, be busy because being busy helps keep my mind I agree. I agree. When I am not busy, I start getting depressed and upset and this and that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I, I follow a lot of influencers. Like I'm sure all of you do during this time. Yes. And I I follow one girl who has, um, OCD around natural disasters, Mm -hmm. which I do too. But mine is not as severe as hers. And she was talking about how she has to stay busy all the time because if she's not, then she starts getting like really depressed and she'll start to cry a lot and yeah. she's just head. And I was like, girl, fucking preach because I'm the same way. Yeah. I feel Literally. like a lot of people have OCD and anxiety and stuff like that, but like they don't. Like, they're not diagnosed correctly, or they don't seek help or anything like that. Like, my, I feel like my OCD, I have OCD about medication, but, like, in a different way. Yeah, yours isn't, like, mine. Like, I, like, yeah. you can take it and you're fine. If I took a Valium, I would be, like, bring me to the fucking hospital, like, having a panic attack. Right, I mean, I can take medication and stuff like that, but I'm terrified to take medication because I can't afford it. 
I can't afford to keep refilling $149 worth of medication every month or every three months when I don't have a fucking job because COVID took everything away. That's why I'm so much like, we need healthcare. We need help. <laughs> you know, the 1%'s doing great. Good for them. But we're all dying, you know? Yeah. And so I'm terrified to take anything that I can't afford to refill myself. So I have gone to CBD and THC and stuff like that because I can afford to get those. You know, a $17 bottle I can get. $150 worth of medication I can't afford to get. And neither can my fiancé. We can't get these things every time. And I feel like everybody just expects poor people, middle-class people to just be able to afford this shit. Yeah. And Absolutely. so that's where my, my anxiety, like I have extreme anxiety about money and financial situations yes. to the point where like, I can't talk about finances without freaking out. Like, Brandon yeah. talks to me about financial situations in specific situations and specific places, so I don't have, like, a complete meltdown. And and I'm over here just, like, having a spending issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie's over here, like, I spent this much money on, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm just, like, constantly throwing dollars, and Michelle's like, oh. <laughs> yeah the the paying for this wedding has given me a lot of anxiety i just have to you know pay for the photographer pay for the videographer and i instantly have to keep busy otherwise i will sit there and ruminate and be like i could have spent that money on bills i could have been responsible i could have done this i could have done that and yeah right i mean no, I, I had a freaking breakdown when we were hanging out in march in the mall because i spent like a hundred bucks yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I just, like, my anxieties. And I just kept trying to tell Michelle, like, girl, that's not even a lot of money. Like, I spend that in one day. <laughs> For real? I know. It used to be a joke between... Remember Ryan, my ex-boyfriend? Yeah. So between me and Ryan, he would always say, I'm going to get $100 one day, and you're going to burn it in front of me. And I'm going to watch. I would never. I could never do that. <laughs> I know. I was like... Please don't. Can we not? Like, think, think of all the things I could buy with that $100 bill. <laughs> I'm like, let me spend it on something nice at least. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel, unless I'm, if I'm spending money on Kiwi, like, that's a completely different. Like, she needs food. She needs purchase. She needs, if it's something she needs, that's different. That's how I am with Mason and Maro. Yeah. Self, actually. <laughs> Bullshit. You're like... Bitch, I just got this $100 necklace. Look at this shit. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I know. I don't remember the last time I actually spent money on myself. I, I Maybe today, actually. I went and bought some um, jewelry for 20 bucks, <laughs> And then felt bad about it. And was like, mm, deal with it. See, like, I sometimes I have anxiety about... If I do buy something, I'll, like, leave it in the packaging for, like, a week to, like, really make sure that I want to keep it and not yeah, return it. Yeah, I do that, too. I return things a lot, and that's a huge thing for me that I still do. I bought, I went and bought um, shit from our races, like, two weeks ago, and I still have one thing sitting in the package on my dresser. Yeah. But I actually think I just need to go exchange it for a bigger size because I keep, like, thinking I'm smaller than I am now, and I'm not. <laughs> because the girls put on some pounds. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I need to go to the doctor and be, like, assessed mentally or something like that and be put on something. But then I'm Come scared on. to take medication because I can't afford it. So then I'm like, mm, it's the cycle. Like anxiety medication? Something medication. Because I have depression, I have anxiety, I've got so many problems. I feel well, like. medication is expensive. Like, even with my insurance, yeah. I still pay, pay for mine. Yeah. But to get on the topic of medication, I am taking anxiety mm -hmm. medication. And I've been on it for three months. 
almost. And it's been doing me wonders. I still have days where I have to call Michelle because I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking freaking out. I'm having a panic attack because I don't like being medicated. Not that I'm like, uh, like a zombie. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. But I definitely do have days, especially before I got like really, really used to the medication where every day I felt like I was a fucking zombie. Yeah. And I, I do have days, a lot of days where I stutter, trip over my words and just don't feel like I'm there. Yeah. I don't, some days I don't have as much mental clarity as I want, but that's just, it's part of it, you know, and I'd rather live like this than go back to how I was before. My dad talks about that stuff too, like the mental fog and everything. Yeah. And I don't have it as much anymore, but my doctor did say after time, it'll just, it'll lessen and lessen. So I'm just trying to be on the bright side. If it was worse and I was like every day, like having that mental fog and the not having mental clarity, I would be like, no, I'm getting off of it. But right now there's, there's more pros to me being on it than there are cons, you know? But um, she did also prescribe me propranolol, which I'm not going to be taking. I'm going to go to my PCP and just be like, give me some fucking Xanax. Because the doctor that I had in treatment was not a benzo person. Like, she hated benzos. And I was like, bitch. I, I understand that they're addicting, but I have severe anxiety and OCD about taking medication. Why do you seriously think I would get addicted to taking benzos? Hello. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Hello. Hey. I'm not going to take propranol because she was telling me that it can make you feel really loopy and all this shit. And I was like, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to take that. Not. I'd rather just pop a Xanax and fucking fall asleep. For real. And that's how you're going to get over here to Colorado? Yeah, yeah, literally. I'm going to go talk to my PCP the next time I go to the doctor and be like, will you please give me Xanax? Because at least if I take a... I get a 0.25 milligram. If I pop, if I split that in half and take it, it's going to knock me out. I'd rather be knocked out than take something that's going to freak me out. Like, would you rather sleep or would you rather feel like dizzy and disoriented and have a roaring panic attack? Right. You know, I'd rather just pop a pill and fucking pass out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't blame you though. Like, um, when I have my migraines, I'm like, the doctor was like, do you want to be awake or asleep? I'm like, a fucking sleep. I don't want to live. <laughs> Girl, that's why I, the last time I went to the ER with, um, a migraine, they gave me a, um, what did they call they it? They give you a they cocktail call- of stuff. Yeah. It's the migraine like, cocktail. Yeah. The migraine cocktail. It gave me a fucking panic attack. I bet. Bad. I bet. Because it just, it it has, I know that it definitely has um, Benadryl in it. Yep. And Benadryl makes you feel fucking loopy. Yep. No thanks. Mm-hmm. So right, immediately after she gave it to me, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm having a panic attack. And she's like, you'll be fine. And then she left me. I was miserable. Yeah. It, it that's the worst I think I've ever felt in my entire life. I did fall asleep. <laughs> but it was, like, not fully asleep, like, kind of, like, in and out. Kind of, like... Yeah. So hard to explain, no, but yeah. No, that, That's how it is with some of my migraines sometimes, and I'm loopy as shit, and then people expect me to yeah. have conversations with them, and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. See, and that's why I have such anxiety around taking medication. I cannot. I cannot. Yeah. No. fucking hate medication I no I I don't like medication either I'm not about it I'm not a fan like if if that works for you then my thing that. is like I just wish America would make these things more accessible because I have so much anxiety about paying for it and getting that taken care of you know I don't have insurance I can't afford insurance and once I get married I'm not going to be able to get anything 
Right. And it's so expensive. And I just feel like it's, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessarily expensive. Brandon and I ended up finding a place here in Colorado Springs. And, um, for the medication I was taking that I'm not taking anymore, um, cause it made my depression a million times worse. Um, they wanted, I think over a hundred something dollars for it, like $119. But at this place that we went to, they want $4 for it. Yeah. What fucking, why can't all doctors be like that? Why is it that doctors and these companies are just like, let's charge up the ass for everything and then good luck paying for shit. What is what sense does that make? Because you're not helping your clients. You're not helping anybody. Me right now, I don't want to go get help. I don't want to go get treated. I don't want to go get medication because it's going to cost too much. At the end of the day, we need to make a house payment. We need to buy food. And we don't have time and we don't have money for me to be able to go to 50 different doctors to try and get a diagnosis and then be stuck with medication forever. We just don't have time for it. <laughs> or yep. the money. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that's helping anybody and why nobody will change it. I really don't get that. And that's that's where my anxiety comes from. And I, I don't think... I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get over that. Honestly. I And I, 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 I feel you 100%. And I know, like, this is a political thing and stuff like that, but it... This political situation has turned into a mental health problem for me. And that's why I talk about it so much because it bothers me so much because there's no, there's never going to be a solution. Because from what I'm seeing, all the right wing people that are for businesses just want everyone to die. And it doesn't make any sense. Because if, if you just support the economy and that's it. You know, like the COVID situation. If yep. you have a business and you just support that business, people run that business. And if you don't have any people to run that business because they've all died of COVID, how is that business going to stay open? See, and a lot of, um, like Nick's sister, her company that she works for, they were actually paying for people's insurance during, like, if they were... I don't remember what the fuck she calls it, but if, for the people who were laid off or whatever, the, their, their company was actually paying their insurance. So instead of it coming out of their paychecks every month, the ins- their their company was actually paying for it. And I was like, why the fuck is not every company doing this for their employees? I don't understand it either. And see, this is just, it. it's what gives me so much anxiety at night. And I lay awake thinking about like, you know, like 45,000 people a year die because of lack of insurance. Yeah. And I'm thinking every single day, I'm like, I'm going to be one of those people. I'm going to die of something stupid that's 100% preventable because I can't find insurance. I can't get insurance and nothing's affordable. And it's just really, really, really sad. And I don't understand how America can sit here and say we're a civilized country We're a place that's so developed. We have the greatest technology, the most amazing military. Well, everyone dies because of stupid reasons. Well, not only that, but people die at army bases. Oh, yeah, like Vanessa? Yeah. (laughs) Like, our, our country is really just, like, shit. I just feel like it's a whole tangent. Like... How can we call ourselves a civilized country when we can't take care of our people? We could honestly go about this subject (laughs) all night. I know. But next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Medication. What's the next one? Oh, the last thing that I I feel like I've already touched on this, but um, was just day-to-day life with medication or... Medication. Day to day life with medication, people. Day, day, my well, my day to day life, living with anxiety and being a mom, and that that's I feel like I I talk, I've talked about it a million times. Is I just have to try to have a routine and yeah, 
that's the same routine that works actually really well with taking my medication. And I was talking to Nick about that yesterday because he was like, why can't you just wake up a little bit earlier so that way you can take Mason to daycare earlier and you can start work earlier? And I was like, listen, here's why. Because I cannot start work at six o'clock and wait that long before taking my medication because I'm not allowed to change the time that I take my medication. I have to take it around the same time every day because if I don't, it can fuck with my, um, hormones and everything in my body and just cause me to get anxiety or worse, like panic attacks. And if I get up too early, then I have to sit there and anticipate and be really anxious about taking my medication for two and a half hours. And I tried that when I first went back to work and it just did not work for me. So I have to start work around seven, seven thirty on Thursdays and Fridays. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I get up at seven to bring Mason to daycare. And then I start work at eight and then I take my medication around eight thirty, eight forty every day. And that's just what works for me because I only have an hour and a half before I take my medication. That gives me enough time to get up, wake up for the day, do what I need to do. And then boom, I'm taking my medication right. rather than getting up at like five forty-five, starting work at six. And then, you know, I have to wait two and a half hours to eat on top of that, because I normally don't eat until I take my medication. And then I'm anxious and nervous as fuck until I have to take it. Yeah. And he like, doesn't understand that, but it's just, it, it's how I have to do it. Otherwise I'm, I'm going to freak out. Right. And I feel like it took you a while to find that schedule too. It took me a really long time to be able to get to that because when I was in treatment, while I was in treatment, I, I, Basically got up at eight every day, started treatment at eight thirty. So when I met, when I did my check-in group, I took my medication, you know, right away. I only had a half hour to sit there and be like, oh, I got to take my medication soon. And then when I started work, I got up at six, so I had to sit there for an hour, two hour, two and a half hours, and be anxious. And that was when I was calling you a lot, like every day, to take my medication because it was really yeah, really hard for me. So once, right. So once I, for like the last couple of weeks, I've gotten into the groove of just getting up and starting work at seven, seven thirty, and then taking my medication at eight thirty. It's just really worked for me. I found a really nice method that I have to do, and it's it's something that I have to do every day. It's a routine. You take your medication every day, just like yeah. you brush your teeth every day. And you do everything at the same time and just, it makes it a lot easier to not have as much anxiety because you're not sitting there in the unknown and things aren't unanticipated or unplanned. I guess I have to have everything really planned. I don't like things just like sprung upon me. It changes. It just, it really fucks with my, my mental health. So with being a mom, it just is kind of the same way. I, I get up. Take Mason to daycare. Take the dog with me. Take her out. Come home. Take my medication. If I need to call Michelle, I call Michelle. And then I eat. And then I, I do things literally around the same time every day until work gets off. And then I'm like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Because I don't have anxiety. I have anxiety, obviously. But I, but I don't have, like, that panicky yeah. feeling that I have the first couple hours of the day. And that panic, I still have it. Even though I don't call you. I just am really trying to be an adult about it. Like today I was, honestly, today I had a really bad morning. I was like, I thought that I was going to panic. I was really, really freaked out. And I thought about calling you and I was like, you know what? You can do this, Jamie. You're fine. But every morning for like the first two hours are so hard for me. And it's been like that since I've been in treatment. And it used to be the first four hours of my day, yes, if you remember. I know. It used to be until noon every day, noon, one o'clock every day. I would be really, really anxious. And now it's about 10 o'clock every day. So I've cut it down quite a bit, but I feel it's like just it's still there. It is, but I've, I've come to a point where 
I've just accepted it instead of fighting it so much. And that's what took me so long is the fight. Same here. With my migraines, when I'm in a severe migraine situation, I used to panic and freak out and cry. And it just made it worse. But if I breathe into the pain and, and just accept that the pain is happening and, ha- and, and just say, like, the yep. pain is a part of me in this moment and it won't last forever, it makes it so much better. Well, that's exactly those same words that you just said are what my therapist, Katie, yeah. used to tell me all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. She would literally tell me, if you, the more you fight your anxiety and your panic, the more it's going to, the longer yep. it's going to stay around and the worse yep. it's going to get. She's like, you just need to accept that that's how you're feeling in that moment and accept that it's there and, and. Once you accept that it's there and let it in, it yeah. will go away. And I always used to not believe her and be like, whatever, this isn't true, blah, blah, blah. And then that one day that I took my medication with her and I immediately started to have a panic attack. And she started asking me, how are you feeling? What's going on in your body right now? Don't get up. Don't immediately react and just sit there. And I did it. And it went away. It's just like, last week or whatever, when I called you and I was like, I'm panicking. And instead of letting it win, you just started talking about random yep. bullshit. And I was like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm having a really hard time. And you were just like, okay. And you just kept talking and it, and it yeah. went away, you know? So it's good to have a friend like <laughs> Michelle, you guys. <laughs> Cause if I tell her that I'm having a panic attack, she'll be like, well, that's okay. Yeah. That's just, that's all goes. right. Yeah. Because that's how, that's how it is with, with my migraines and stuff. Because I know, like, a lot of people have been like, can't you just deal with it? No, I can't just deal with it. What? Yep. <laughs> let, me pay, yeah, let me take a real, sledgehammer to your face and tell you to deal with Because that's what it feels like, you know? Right. And you just need to, like, you know, I, I find that if you sit there and you think about it and you talk about it, it doesn't help, and it, like, magnifies the problem. But if you're sitting there thinking about something yeah, else, it makes it better for you. Right. Because you're not yeah. feeding into it. Like, before, when I was having panic attacks, um, in treatment, I had a really bad one, and it was the worst one I'd had since um, uh, 2018. And I was, like, freaking out so bad. I came into the room. I was laying with Nick. I was crying. I was shaking. I kept, like, I, I felt like I was hallucinating. I was like, I need to go to the hospital. I went and sat in the, the bathroom and tried meditating with the light off. And, you know, I, I kept trying to do things to, like, fight it almost. Like, I, I kept trying to chase it away is the best yeah. way to describe it. By doing unhealthy things instead of just, like, not... Like now if I'm panicking, I will go outside or I'll call Michelle or I'll do a puzzle or I will try to clean or do something with Mason, interact with Mason, talk to Nick. And it goes away. Yeah. You know, because I'm not letting yeah. it win. And I feel like so that's yeah. like the same that's- with with me. And it t- like I've been dealing with migraines since I was five. Like it's been a hot minute, you know. And there is one time, and I always refer back to this moment, I don't know why, my friend was in band class, and I want you to imagine high school band class, and you have a migraine. Fucking hell. I hated my life. I had a migraine, it was band class, but like, I breathed into it, I accepted it, and I allowed it to sit, and I allowed my emotions to kind of go through what they're going through. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I just had me. And so that moment, I'm always like, if I could get through that moment, I can get through this. Like, this is, if I'm laying in my bed, my cushy, comfortable bed, and I'm having a migraine, like, I got through the band class, I can get through this. (laughs) Like, that's what I say all the time. All the time. And I remember, I remember you telling me about the episode in band class, and then it, and I just feel like, if more people opened up and tried to reach out and had more support and, and met other people who are the same way as them and knew that they weren't alone, it would make things so much easier. 
plus once you do get help like I did and you learn what you have and the best way to handle it and you know need to get on medication and and really have those tools it's going to increase your life expectancy and the value of your life so much more. And I feel like it will kind of steer you away from depression as well because I grew up with my my family was very much like with the migraines they weren't necessarily like deal with it because like they've had to bring me to the ER there have been situations where it's just been oh my oh my god are you dying are you okay (laughs) I mean the last time I was in the ER in March with a migraine and vertigo they were like I think you're having a fucking stroke. Like, we think you're dying. <laughs> that was literally the right, whole, like, situation. Um, but, like, you know, with other, like, mental health problems and other problems that I've had, like, the vertigo, I think after a while, Brandon was like, can you just, like, deal with it? Like, I have to work. And I'm just kind of like, no, the world won't yeah. go the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> you know? And... And, and that's why it, it's, it sucks when people don't have a good support system. And that was one of the huge things with treatment is if you don't have a good support system, it's, it's so hard for people to succeed because their loved ones truly like they'll, they'll care in the beginning and then they'll just stop caring altogether. Cause they're like, well, just cause you have this doesn't mean my life has to stop. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. in like a relationship or with your family, you're in it for life you should be supporting them for life. Like you're right. your team. I mean, Nick, you know, after it's been so long now, so he does kind of get like frustrated, but he'll still be there for me if I need him. He's not just like, well, fuck you. You have your tools, use your tools. You know, he'll, he'll give me a hug and let me cry mm-hmm. on his shoulder if I need it. But not everybody right. has that. Like with Brandon, he's like, well, you know, you're, you're an adult, figure it out, you know, there's other people who don't even have that, you know? And I think that's why I thought this episode was so important because there are people who will commit suicide because they're so scared and they don't have people there to back. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And I feel like, yeah, like with Brandon, for example, like in that moment where the vertigo was happening, like he was, he was terrified. He didn't know what to do. I had to bring my mom over here because, because he was he was literally like, I'm going to turn the lights off and you can feel better, just like a migraine. I'm like, you're going to kill me. Right. Like, right. yeah, my mom had to come over and teach him, okay, this is how you do it. This is what you do and this is what needs to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. was just a whole... But a lot of people don't have that support system. <laughs> And usually, like, that's that's what ends up happening is, is suicide. And that's why, like you said, Jamie, this, this video is really important for us to make this and share our experiences and our stories and, you know, just kind of let people know they're not alone. I feel like if I was in high school and I knew other people had migraines, too, I wouldn't have been just so fucking sad all the time. I was depressed, I was angry, and there was just a lot of sadness. Mason, Mason's uh, having a really hard time, so we're okay. going to have to wrap this up. So, yeah, if you guys have any questions per usual, feel free to DM us. We are on Instagram. We have our website now, which is linked in our bio. We have our Patreon. And, um, yeah, go ahead and email us, too, if you have any super personal stories that you'd want to share. And you can always send us a message on Anchor. We would love to hear some of the stories that you guys have. So, yeah. Yeah. We will see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye.